The Unmanageable Sisters by Deirdre Kinnahan. Program notes for audio described performance, the Abbey Theatre, 31st of July 2019, 2pm. Welcome to the introductory notes for this production of The Unmanageable Sisters by Deirdre Kinnahan, a new version of Les Belles Sœurs by Michelle Tremblay. The play is directed by Graham McLaren. Set design is by Colin Richmond, with costume design by Joan O'Cleary. Lighting is designed by Sinead McKenna and the sound designer is Carl Kennedy. Hair and makeup is by Val Sherlock and the movement coordinator is Eddie Kay. About the play. Green shield stamps, a million of them, and Ger Lawless has won them all. It's Ballymun in 1974 and happiness is at her fingertips. But when 15 friends and family gather to help her claim her winnings, all bets are off. During one fateful night, these determined women bring you into their lives in the ferociously funny The Unmanageable Sisters, Deirdre Kinnahan's new version of Michelle Tremblay's fetid Québécois comedy. About the set. Laid out before us is a two-bedroom flat in dishevelled 1970s décor. On the far left of the stage is a large window divided into six oblong panes and a door with a frosted glass window that leads out to a balcony. A navy-striped towel hangs on a rail on the door. A clothesline dotted with wooden pegs hangs outside the window, with a tablecloth hanging limply from it. On the far right, towards the front of the stage, is a hall door, with a long, narrow glass pane and a window overhead. Hanging on the wall by the doorframe, on the side nearest us, is a cream-coloured telephone. Directly underneath is a small upholstered stool and side table. A sewing box sits underneath with brightly coloured ornaments on the table. The flat before us is divided into two parts, with the space on the left a little larger than the space on the right. On our left is a sizeable kitchen. The wallpaper has a hexagonal geometric pattern of yellow and green on a white background. The edges of each sheet are discoloured and beginning to peel in places. Underneath the large window is a sink set into kitchen units that have pale green doors and white drawers continuing along the back wall. The cream-coloured countertop is laden with cups and cardboard boxes, a bread bin and kettle. An electric oven sits at the end on the back wall next to a sliding door which opens into a small sitting room further back. A hatch with white doors over the kitchen counter also opens into this dark room which is packed with furniture and dimly lit by a lone standard lamp. There is a stud partition wall running from front to back just to the right of centre. The plasterboard has been removed leaving the wooden stud framework on show as though midway through a renovation. On the kitchen side of this partition are a few more kitchen units, more cardboard boxes and some folding tables. Set in the centre of the kitchen's vast grey linoleum floor is a formica-topped table with four mismatched chairs. More chairs sit by the wall on our left, next to the balcony door. On the other side of the partition wall, this right-hand side of the stage is divided into several areas. First is a narrow corridor running from front to back by the stripped partition wall. At the end, on the back wall, is a white door leading probably, into one of the bedrooms of the flat. Next, along the right-hand side, towards the rear, is a walled-off area. One door seems to lead to a second bedroom, 
while another sliding door on a wall facing us opens up a bathroom painted a sickly pink with avocado bathroom fittings. Lastly, towards the front, is the main hall with the front door and the telephone on the wall. The hall and corridor have a carpet with a very busy pattern in brown, red and yellow. In the centre of the hall is a small round pastel pink rug. Sitting right in the middle of the stage, in front of the broken down partition, is a red and grey armchair with a small side table beside it. In this flat, every architrave, windowsill and countertop is festooned with little figurines or dolls, knick-knacks of all sorts. Two clocks hang on two different kitchen walls. Reproductions of painted landscapes and decorative bronze plates hang everywhere. The corridor is stuffed with stepping stools, laundry baskets, a vacuum cleaner and a carpet cleaner. An overburdened coat rack adds to the crowded appearance. Lights hang from the ceiling with a variety of lampshade covers. Occasionally lamps are lit in the rooms beyond and street light pours in the large window in the evening. Most of the time the lighting in this production is naturalistic, following the times of day. However, occasionally a character addresses the audience or themselves. At such times, the rest of the cast are often left in half-darkness with the protagonist picked out by spotlights. About the characters and costumes. There are 15 women in this play ranging from 20 years old to a woman in her 90s. From 1970s working class Dublin, the women wear clothing of the era, lots of mismatched patterning shapes and flares. The younger women who are all in their early 20s, Linda Lawless, played by Claire Munley, Janet Mooney, played by Sarah Madigan, and Lisa Pierce, played by Quiva O'Malley, are dressed in the fashion of the times. Linda's outfit accentuates her curves, tight-fitting grey, orange and brown check flares with a cream polo neck jumper and white platform sandals. Janet wears denim flares and a brown sleeveless sweater over a blue patterned blouse and on her feet dark brown flat shoes. Janet also wears thick rimmed glasses. Lisa wears denim flares, hers frayed at the bottom, with a pink leather plaited belt. She wears a flowery, shiny blouse with headband to match and a pink knitted poncho. All three young women have straight dark brown hair, which they wear pinned back from their faces. Linda's mother, Ger Lawless, played by Marion O'Dwyer, is a woman in her mid-fifties who speaks loudly and authoritatively. Ger is buxom and bossy. She first arrives in a floral housecoat with rollers in her auburn hair. Later, she puts on a blue dress with a yellow flower pattern and wears her long hair pinned back in rolls at the sides and softly curling at the back. Ger's sisters play a prominent part in the story. Rose O'Brien, played by Karen Ardiff, has wild, dark, curly hair cropped short, framing her expressive, angry face. Rose is in her late 40s. She wears a full skirt, brown with a cream diamond pattern and a blouse with brown houndstooth on the body and browned cream check on the sleeves and collar. She wears orange platform sandals. Another sister, Gabby, played by Claire Barrett, is maybe 40. Gabby wears a blue denim button-up short-sleeved dress with navy open-toe sandals. Her blonde shoulder-length hair is styled into a bouffant blonde cloud, crisp with hairspray. Ger's neighbours and friends arrive over the course of the evening. 
Marie Boyle, played by Deirdre Malloy, is the first guest to appear. A woman in her 40s, Marie is meek, holding her handbag close, with her brown hair pulled back sharply and pinned in a bun at the nape of her neck. Her pale face and large brown eyes have a world-weary appearance. Marie wears a knee-length dress with mint green mustard and pale blue palm pattern, a lilac cardigan and white sandals. Lily de Courcy, played by Charlotte Bradley, is a little older, in her late 50s perhaps. She is tall and slim, with her long auburn hair neatly coiffed in an updo. She walks gracefully, carefully, with her nose slightly elevated. She speaks in a clipped and stiff manner, often accompanied with a forced smile. Lily wears a matching trousers and long belted waistcoat in purple, with a garish multicoloured geometric print blouse and black leather flat pumps. Yvonne Long, played by Mary O'Driscoll, is also in her 50s. She first arrives in a brown Macintosh coat with a silk headscarf covering her brown hair, set neatly by heated rollers. Yvonne wears thick-rimmed glasses and nods politely at everyone. She wears a dress with blue, purple and black square pattern, with double-breasted gold buttons down the front and sensible court shoes. Teresa Doyle, played by Helen Norton, is a round woman of average height in her 40s. She has an open, smiley face and long brown hair parted at the side and tucked behind her ears. She wears a loud dress in brown and orange pattern with a mousy brown long felt waistcoat with floral embroidery and tan leather sandals. Her mother-in-law, Olive Doyle, played by Noelle Brown, is the oldest visitor in her 90s. Olive sits in a wheelchair slumped over and appearing to be asleep most of the time. Her face is heavily lined and her yellowing grey hair sticks out in tufts under her headscarf. Olive wears a brown cardigan, brown and grey check skirt and maroon fluffy slippers. Dolly Snow, played by Rhina O'Grady, is a small meek looking woman of around 60. Her dark hair is shoulder length parted at the side and pinned back with yellow clips. She wears a bright yellow blouse with black lapels and a black stripe down the centre with black trousers and sensible shoes. Last of the neighbours to arrive are close friends Angie Smith, played by Catherine Byrne, and Ruthie Barrett, played by Rachel Dowling. They are both around 50. Both are dressed conservatively in skirt suits, heavy tights and brogues. Angie, with her grey hair in a short boyish cut, while Ruthie's brown hair is pulled back tightly in a bun. Ruthie has one leg shorter than the other, a result of childhood polio. A final surprise visitor is Patsy Gearan, played by Lisa Lamb. Patsy, the youngest of Jer's sisters, is in her early 30s. A glamorous figure, Patsy arrives wearing oversized sunglasses and a luscious black fur knee-length coat. Underneath, Patsy wears a black and grey fitted dress with black opaque tights and very high black platform shoes. Her long curling red hair cascades down her back, reaching to her waist, with a curly lock tucked behind each ear. That concludes the introductory notes for this production of The Unmanageable Sisters. They were prepared by Breedney Rugon, your describer for this show. There is a touch tour available in advance of this performance at 12.45pm. Places can be booked by contacting the Abbey. Audio description at the Abbey Theatre is provided by Arts and Disability Ireland with support from the Arts Council. For further details about other accessible performances, text Access Arts 
to 51444 or head to www.adiarts.ie for more information. Thank you. Gurav Mahagoth.